Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. This is Stephen Pigram from up Broomway, Yarrow country, and it's great to be down in Melbourne and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio. Been here for a long time. CR 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands um, of the Kulin Nation and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in and um, acknowledge that all the lands were stolen and never ceded. 
thanks to Andrew and the crew from Out of the Blue, diving deep for the marine news, as they do every Sunday from 11.30 till noon. Um, Lots of sensible information if you're out diving or swimming and um, you run into a shark. And I don't mean someone in a suit um, on one side of the benches in Parliament um, or both sides for that matter, because we don't like binaries on this show. Um, But if you want to get in touch with Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues hosted by myself, Sally Goldner, she, her, lots of ways to do it. You can email outofthepan855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so. And that's the bottom line. And, um, well, dare I say, um, Stone Cold's one out over Triple H in the CD playing content um, already today. And um, look for posts on Facebook um, on Sally Goldner AM and Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Remember that any opinions I express on this program are strictly my own and not those of any organisation with which I've been associated past or present. And I think today may be cautious um, to mention um, a content note, possible mention of interphobia um, in terms of our discussion today. Um, Well, lots to talk about. Um, It's a busy time for rainbow communities. Wednesday is International Pronoun Day, which is relevant, which is why on the show, if our guests consent and I consent, we ask people about their pronouns because it's important to respect gender identity, one aspect of a person. Um, It's also Asexual Awareness Week or Ace Awareness Week, which covers asexual and aromantic. And then Tuesday week, the 26th of October is Intersex Awareness Day. And it's wonderful to um, finally see that it seems there is some movement at the station, so to speak, on progress for intersex-specific reforms around the um, jurisdictions on this continent. And to talk about that, I'm joined on the 3CR airwaves by the wonderful Cody Smith. Cody, um, I I think I can say welcome back to 3CR. (laughs) Yeah, it's um, people who are listening in on Monday morning might remember me, but hopefully that was a very compact interview uh, with uh, Jacob, I think it was. Um, we had a really lovely conversation, but hopefully this this gives us a bit more of an expanded format to really um, deep dive into some fun stuff today, because dear God, there is so much to talk about today. <laughs> well, it is a busy time, um, which is why I got you on. And I do want to say, first yeah. of all, thanks for coming on at very short notice this morning with um, some you know, events that um, are coming up. There's a wonderful report, thanks to Auntie ABC, we want to talk about intersex reforms nationally and around the state and territories and intersex stuff, as well as um, the timing of the lead up to Intersex Awareness Day, which is really, really important. And now I haven't had a chance to check with this, so I'm going to go with it. Um, first of all, is it okay if I ask um, which pronouns you use? Would that be respectful to you? Uh, yeah, so... Um, and if so? Uh, should, I, should I just take an opportunity to do a whole whole ass introduction? <laughs> and, and introduce yourself. And also, if yeah. you are representing any organisations officially today, we should do that as well. So uh, my name is Cody Smith. I'm an intersex advocate uh, with lived experience who um, works and um, lives on Ngunnawal country. Um, my pronouns, I don't use she, her pronouns. I, I'm okay with everything else, but uh, basically because of my experiences as an intersex person, 
uh, like female identity was something that was forced onto me with medical violence. So mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like she, her pronouns as a result of that. Um, which, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, t- like to talk about the pronouns they prefer to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't have that preference. I just have my uh, pronoun X, I guess. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's what works for me. Um, currently, I work for Intersex Human Rights Australia. I am their senior project officer. So, um, yeah, we're kind of, I kind of hit the ground running. I started a couple of months ago and, um, Obviously, we're kind of getting into something of the peak season for us because, um, you know, there's there's a lot of interest in intersex issues um, coming up around Intersex Awareness Day, and uh, hopefully, what some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, there is just so much happening. Well, absolutely, there is a lot happening, and thank you for that introduction. And of course, totally respect any pronouns that people wish to use and not use, if any at all, on this program. Acknowledge. Um, and affirm the, well, negativity of your experiences. And we would say that if, um, while we said um, mention of interphobia, um, we do want to acknowledge um, that we should say that people, if they need to, can reach out possibly to QLife around Australia on one eight hundred one eight four five two seven, which in Victoria and Tasmania includes Switchboard and the Rainbow Door. Um, but your experience, and again, acknowledging the difficulty of it, leads into the many things you want to talk about. Um, it's yeah. almost a little, there's, as you said, there's so much going on and you've hit the ground running. Um, perhaps you might might want to just pick one of the things that's going on to start first. <laughs> and we have, um, well, well, I, I I'm think, sorry, uh, one more thing. We me... have the whole show to discuss matters. So very extended interview today. <laughs> Lovely. Um, absolutely wonderful. An absolute pleasure. Um so I, I guess I, I'll, I'll start off with what I started off with today is um, this absolutely amazing article coming out of the mm-hmm. ABC today um, telling us about the story of Noah. Uh, so Noah is a 10-year-old intersex kid coming out of the Northern Territory, and um, he and his family uh, have um, been very, very candid about their experiences, about their frustrations with the um, medical community, about um, Noah's own experiences of medical violence. I think what really struck me about uh, Noah's story is you could just change the name and it would be the same story for so many other people in this space. It's it, certainly, <laughs> uh, I ended up getting a very um, heartfelt message from my mum today, just um, saying, you know, this, this article absolutely nailed it. Um, but I think that just, it is one of the best pieces of writing um, I've seen uh, about the intersex community and the, uh, the goals of the movement and so like where that momentum is. And it's, it really is kicking off what is an absolute flurry of um, what, what we hope will be um, a huge amount of intersex momentum leading towards legislative change. So uh, legislative change, like I feel like, again, this, this is a bit um, off the cuff. So I feel like we're jumping around a lot here, but mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we need to take this a couple of steps back and um, yes. talk about who intersex people are and Definitely. Uh, why we have these experiences of violence and what legislation we want. Absolutely. Um, Let's set the scene. So intersex people. Uh, uh, sorry, give me a moment. That's I just, right. I like to get the uh, wording right. So, um, Please do. 
Um, so intersex people have innate sex characteristics that don't fit medical and social norms for female or male bodies, and that create risks or experiences of stigma, discrimination, and harm. I would expect many people listening into this show to um, have an idea of how uh, gender and sex are separate concepts and how mm-hmm. you can have a gender identity that is separate from your sex and even a uh, like a gender expression that is separate from your gender identity. Uh, where um, a, a gender expression may be a more um, performative for particular individuals. Uh, but actually we end up sort of like um, breaking things down into a much smaller micro and sex actually breaks down into sex characteristics. So if you think of like a Lego model, you have a Lego model of a male mm-hmm. body or a, a Lego model of a typically female body. And all the Lego pieces that make those models are what we call sex characteristics, or as I like to say, the squishy bits uh, on the outside, the squishy bits on the inside, and the stuff that makes the squishy bits squishy. Okay. So <laughs> when you think about an intersex person, um, you know, uh, what we're talking about is um, some of the pieces get mixed up or some of the pieces are missing or some of the pieces are different. We're talking about a natural variation. We're talking about natural diversity, um, and this is just simply a function of sexual reproduction. So intersex conceptually um, and physically has existed as long as sexual reproduction has ex- existed. It's, it's, um, it's simply an intertwined concept. So um, what has ended up happening, though, is that um, – the way that we socially understand intersex has changed significantly over time. Um, and unfortunately for, um, um, for quite a long time now, a lot of intersex is exoticized and it's stigmatized. Mm -hmm. And um, basically what we have is in the 1950s, there was a sexologist, Dr. John Money, who thought um, that uh, the, the best opportunity for intersex people was to have um, undergo normalizing procedures and then be raised without knowing that they're intersex and that this would create the best opportunity for a normal life and to create the best opportunities for happiness. What we've found over time is that a significant number of intersex people who um, go through these normalizing procedures end up um, being profoundly harmed in really, really awful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with scar tissue, dealing with um, loss of sensation, loss of function, um, needing follow-up surgeries, needing um, whole-of-life care. It's very, very common for um, abnormal gonads to be removed, which um, creates a reliance on um, HRT for, uh, for the rest of their life. And um, the, the worst part is a lot of these decisions are made on behalf of intersex children when they're infants. Yeah. Um, and the justification for this is that the less you know about being intersex, then the better your opportunity, your chances are at having a normal life. And basically we've reached a point where we're saying, you know, um, being intersex is a normal part of life. We have a right to our own bodies. We have a right to integrity and autonomy and consent. And um, these surgeries should not be allowed to happen without that consent. So a big aspect of that, um, of our advocacy is uh, basically developing legislation that puts an end to these, this medical cruelty. Um, 
And unfortunately, that brings us to mm-hmm. my story and the story of Noah and the story of many intersex people in the intersex community. Uh, which I may just interject that if once again, if anything is distressing for anyone, um, please feel free to do self-care. Um, I totally validate your story, but we do want to give that to our listeners. And again, switchboard in, uh, as part of QLife, one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. I did just want to get that across. Apologies for interrupting. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely fair. And honestly, this stuff gets really, really challenging for me as well. Mm. Um, we'll be talking about the Australian Human Rights Commission report later, which um, I've had an opportunity to, to look at now. And that was a real stop and start process for me yesterday. Like there was a few moments where I had to get up and mm. walk around the room and take a deep breath. So, um, yeah, we are going to be dealing with some heavy stuff. We are going to be talking about interphobia and we are going to be talking about medical violence. And that's unfortunately all part and uh, all part of the parcel at the moment, but that's why we're looking to change things. So hopefully what we're seeing today is that change in narrative where, uh, this will hopefully no longer be the fault and we'll, Mm. we'll see, um, many more happier intersex people from here on out. So Noah was a kid whose parents were pressured um, severely into early intervention. Um, He had the opportunity to find out uh, at a relatively young age. I myself wasn't told I was intersex until I was 17. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Noah has a fairly complete grasp of being intersex at age 10. And his response to that has been anger and hurt and frustration at all these decisions that were made for him that he would not have made for himself. And so um, this, the sad reality is this story is an unusual. It's, mm. it's what's been normal for a lot of intersex people for a long time. So, um, yeah, I, I've been uh, in this advocacy space for about eight years now. I work with people who have been in this space for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, um, before I worked with Intersex Human Rights Australia, I worked at Agenda Agenda, where part of my um, um, job was developing peer support. And our youngest member was seven, um, and our oldest member was 70. Um, mm-hmm. Our oldest member literally found out that um, she was born intersex at the age of 70, and then um, realized that that was an opportunity for her to transition and em- embrace that authentic self that was just out of her grasp her whole life because she never had all those jigsaw um, pieces. Course, yeah. So um, where does that leave us? I-, I feel like I've just blurred a lot of, so I might need a... Yeah, well, just, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah you were going to, you started talking about your own story. You didn't find out yeah. till 17, which... You know, it brings up an issue whether it's not in your case or in Noah's that sometimes families can feel well wedged because of the you know parents are told not to tell children about things or not told not until later, um, all those sorts of things. But yeah, just continue perhaps back on your own story from <laughs> around seven that seventeen mark. I think might just yeah. might um, you know sort of well I won't say get us back on the straight and narrow, but um, you know <laughs> um, get us back onto the path that you wanted. So, yeah, um, I guess, like, uh, for me, I, I was raised, you know, a girl. I was always told I was a girl. I had what I grew up, um, what I thought having, like, a normal experience of growing up as a girl. Um, 
And then I was given this information that I was born intersex, that mm-hmm. uh, I, I was born with this particular variation and that there were particular surgeries I went through and all of these um, experiences with doctors that I thought were normal girl experiences of doctors uh, were actually because, um, you know, my body couldn't produce hormones. And um, at 17, I, I was, I, I finally had language and I finally had ideas to understand mm-hmm. um, some of those concepts, but it still took a few years before I understood um, how profound the effect that uh, the impact of that had mm. on my life and the ways that consent had been taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of like coming at, uh, coming into this space where I realized I was a gendered and that I, I, I did not agree with the way that I'd been assigned at birth. Um, so th- like that's presented a particular set of challenges for me. Um, that's not even a like, that's mm. a fairly atypical intersex story a lot of intersex people in fact the vast majority of intersex people do identify as male and female as assigned at birth but still every single time um like, even even if they agree um agree with the destination the pathway is something that takes options away from them and so we mm. see uh people who uh, uh, coerced into uh, surgery to remove gonads, and then that, you know, limits fertility options later on in life, or put, puts them on a path where they are reliant on um, hormone replacement therapy for the rest of their life. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that one of the things is that yes, we're all unified by these experiences of medical violence that we're trying to address in advocacy, but the intersex community itself is massive and diverse mm-hmm. and there's just this huge range of uh, experiences. And one of the most challenging things is trying to find like ideas and words and definitions and solutions that address the broad range of intersex people. Like how do you create intersex protection for intersex people who don't even know they're intersex yet? Yeah. You know, I talk about, I talk about these experiences of intersex as things that are kept secret as things that people don't find out until later in life. Some intersex uh, children are recognized at birth. Um, sometimes it's an atypical puberty that, um, you know, uh, is what brings a doctor's attention to an intersex diagnosis. Some people don't even find out until they try to have kids and they find that um, that's a more complicated process. So the fact is you can find out that you're intersex at any point in time and you might not even be given the language of intersex with which to understand those experiences. Um, uh, the doc- uh, a lot of doctors use the language um, like DSD, disorders or differences of sex development. And this was a fairly deliberate thing to try and separate um, um, separate um, some diagnosis from the intersex community so that they could continue to perpetrate like medical interventions on a particular subset of intersex. And what, what we find is that there are, um, there are individual intersex diagnoses that um, you know, don't uh, don't understand their own experiences within an intersex framework. But mm. what we're trying to do is we're trying to create um, laws that protect everyone underneath this umbrella, so that no matter what your background is, no matter what your identity is, no matter how you relate to the term intersex, that you are protected. Your right to choose is protected. Your consent and autonomy and integrity is, uh, uh, is protected as an individual in your own context. So. 
Um, and I guess that sort of brings us yes. to the Australian Human Rights Commission. So um, another part of my uh, work at Agenda Agenda when I first started was generating a submission to uh, the Australian Human Rights Commission. And um, this this has been a very long-awaited report. This, I, I think, it's been about four years since then, three or four years um, since then. And um, we've been waiting for this report to come out, really just to put as much momentum behind um, the advocacy as we can. It's been something that's been continuously delayed um, uh, just because of the sheer scope of the work and the complexity uh-huh. of the work and um, uh, just trying to um, just trying to create um, something that's very thoughtful and useful and practical in, in the context of Australian law. Um, but of course, like it's, it's also meant that, uh, it's been very, very hard to push for change without this report coming out. And a lot of jurisdictions have been hesitant to move forward without this report. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been very, very lucky in the ACT that, uh, we've been uh, able to start to examine legislation in the context of the ACT. And in Victoria, uh, we've also had another process in Victoria, which has been looking at this legislation as well. So, we're currently in a situation where we have um, legislation being discussed in the ACT. We have legislation being discussed in Victoria. We have legislation being discussed in Tasmania. And we're about to have this report come out uh, tomorrow um, that will hopefully reinforce all um, all this work that's happening like across Australia and hopefully like um, bring a more unified approach in jurisdictions that have, haven't even started having this conversation yeah. yet. Yeah. Because... Uh, I think one of the th- other things that needs needs to come across here is that um, uh, we do need that national protection. We need, do need that national level protection because uh, if you're told that your child is abnormal and needs to be fixed, but you can't get that done in the ACT, you are going to go to New South Wales and get that done. Um, and, you know, that, that's been the experience for a lot of um, rural intersex people. Um, yep. It's been uh, my own experience. Um, I, I live in the ACT. And when I was dealing with doctors, we would um, go to travel to Sydney once a year to go see um, the um, endocrinologist. So, um yeah, we need this huge unified approach. We need this momentum. Um, and um, what what we're seeing so far, this um, report is uh, it offers some really constructive, positive ways forward. So uh, the first thing you can do is you should go and read Noah's story. Um, yeah, and I, I just um, I'll give the headline of that so people can find it. Um, it is um, the headline is intersex people. Urge ban on non-consensual, inverted commas, sex normalisation surgeries, a report by Oliver Gordon and Jess Longbottom. It is on my Facebook page at the moment, um, but I'll post um, under the link and put a um, link into the, a hyperlink into the link under today's podcast for it. And I agree with you. It's a very empathic, authentic story, um, you know, from a number of models and really gets down to the issues that that are faced, which I think is um, incredibly um, welcome. So that's um, you know, really cool. Um, we did have a question in, which um, I'll pop into the oh. chat for you, um, if, or I can ask it Fantastic. Um, it's 
you know, it just it, well, I don't think it's huge, so I'll go with it live. Um, and that is um, one of our loyal listeners, Peter, has asked how old you are, and you don't have to answer that or give an exact number, but you can give an age range or nothing at all. <laughs> oh, I'm 33, so I, 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 I'm... Uh, Not 33 actually... and four months, um, 33 and a third? No, only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah I I am a youngin um in the intersex space compared to many. Um, however, I have aged out of the youth category, and I think um, mm. it puts me in a unique position where um, uh, I I do do see um, both sides of the coin quite clearly from mm. where I'm standing. Where I'm seeing the positive change that has already happened for people who are younger than me. Um, but uh, I sort of like uh, I, I I am positioned in a position where you know hermaphrodite was still a, mm. a, a diagnosis associated with being intersex, and um, um, you know um, medical intervention was um, wasn't even really challenged. So I was yeah. born in '88, and there wasn't really even an intersex human rights movement until the mid '90s. Yeah. So. Um, which oh yeah, I feel like I'm just jumping around so randomly at the moment. Um, but um, the Intersex Awareness Day, which we will talk about in a moment, um, actually falls on the anniversary of the protests of a Boston pediatric yeah um, conference. So well, yeah, can I just say that Noah's article quotes um, you know Australian intersex well trailblazer i think is a pretty reasonable word tony briffer um who um, yes. was on the show a couple of months ago now and um is a councillor in, in the city of hobson's bay in melbourne's west has lived in that area all of a lifetime and um you know tony's um powerful um words you know really speak volumes to that generational situation and then yeah. then combined with noah who's now 10 and you're sort of as you said in that middle bracket of 33, I think this really puts a very, very clear um, picture of what has been um, gone wrong and, um, you know, sort of, um, um, you know, sort of what needs to change. And I think that's a really important thing. So we'll um, just in terms of the human rights report, can I just, um, that's due to be released tomorrow for public consumption, if I have it right? Uh, yes, uh, I'm not quite sure what time is going to be released, but uh, I believe it's going to be um, fairly early in the uh, in the morning. So um, we'll keep an eye on the interwebs for that. Um, it is really, yeah. really important, and spread the word. And also, as you've said, we'll certainly please people read Noah's article, repost it, tweet it, and all yep. those things that you do on social media. Said the now 56 year old <laughs> who. Um, remembers when we had telegrams and they were bits of paper um, when it comes to communication um, <laughs> and all those sorts of things. Seriously, it is really, really important yeah. because, um, you know, I started back at the show that, you know, that, and also, you know, the fact that this report, sorry, before I go further, this report, you know, you mentioned that there has been sort of, you know, sort of things moving into first or second gear around some states or territories. Now you've got this underpinning, this foundation at a national level um, that's hopefully going to help get, um, we'll say, all eight states and territories into third and fourth gear and then to the proverbial finish line, um, which would be welcome because you did mention that national approach, which is something I admit I just I hadn't thought of at all, that, you know, there could be, 
you know, sort of um, border issues in our wonderful federation that always makes things so easy. <coughs> um, seriously, it is really welcome. <laughs> I think, you know, I know I certainly affirm all that people of intersex experience have been through. Obviously, really, really awful. Um, you know, sort of there were some parallels to what I went through as trans, didn't have language, you know, backlog of trauma, all that sort of thing. Does what is happening and without doing toxic positivity give a little bit of a ray of hope now that all these things are happening, a little bit of, you know, warmth and light into the situation, which has been sadly so bleak? Um. I mean, it really is a it really is a double edged um, blade mm. because I think one of the things that stood out to me when I was reading through the report um, is all these continuous references to all these steps that have already happened in Australia. Mm. So you know, you talk about the experiences of Tony, uh, of myself, and Noah as sort of like these three different generational experiences of intersex, and we've all been profoundly harmed by medical violence. Um, so it shouldn't have happened to Tony, uh, and mm. but and it because we didn't learn from Tony, it happened to mm. me, and because we didn't learn from me, it's now happened to Noah, and it's. I think the thing that truly breaks my heart about all of this is the idea that, you know, there is a kid in Australia today <laughs> that uh, this legislation wasn't quite quick enough to save. Um, and that, that is something that haunts me a little bit. Uh, well, mm. not a little bit. I, I've barely, I've barely cried myself to sleep over it. I swear. Fair but, enough. um, <laughs> But I think that uh, the other uh, the other aspect of that is we do have like these recommendations from the UN treaty bodies. We did have uh, the Senate inquiry process in 2013, mm. which made a set of recommendations that were never embraced. We um, we do have the, these continuous examples of um, you know uh, just this this push uh, for reform, push for reform, push for reform. And for for whatever reason, we've always been sidelined, we've always been ignored, we've always been misunderstood, and there just has not been the drive needed to uh, get things across the line to to make the difference that needed to happen decades ago. Uh, I talked about Dr. John Money, um, mm -hmm. and when you go back, when you go back to like his ideas around gender and sex and gender assignment and um, nature versus nurture and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. That was all encapsulated in um, the horrific story of David Raymer, uh, who, yes. yeah, um, I don't want to get too Absolutely. far off on this tangent, but if you're not familiar with the story of uh, David Raymer, uh, this was a child uh, who was victim of a botched circumcision and was um, basically surgically cor um, corrected to female and raised female and it caused um, him profound difficulties in his life. So th the idea that, um, you know, um, you can truly destroy the life of an endosex child um, with the, the, this, these really toxic ideas, and this has always been the standard applied to intersex people, is actually horrifying. But I don't want to be all doom and gloom here. Um, what gets me out of bed every single day to do this work is the idea that 
there is a next little Cody who doesn't have to go through what I I, I went through. Mm-hmm. And I already know I've, I've had that impact on the world. I know there's a kid who is growing up proud to be intersex and supported by um, his parents um, and uh, who um, – um, who will not be interfered with med- uh, medically, who, who has the opportunity to say no to his doctor um, and all, all, all those things that I was denied. So we're all, already writing better stories um, and this is just, this is the opportunity to finally put an end to this ongoing trauma and then just completely change the context of what it means to be intersex and what it means to grow up intersex and hopefully uh, write a whole lot more happier stories. So, um, yeah, it's that, that there's a lot of things that I struggle with there, but I think that ultimately one of the ways that I can make sense of what happened to me and mm. by ensuring that it doesn't have, uh, doesn't have to happen to anyone else. Oh, look, I think that, I think that's a really beautiful, authentic, response that is exactly the real reason why people need to be involved in advocacy and social justice, that we want to make things better, um, try to improve things as best as we can, put you know, greater decency into the world. And your genuine heartfelt compassion and empathy and authenticity and you know, using the, the emotion that you have, which is totally valid, and putting it into um, you know, the the right place in the right way, I think is really, really just, I, I, I think that's textbook advocacy or the best way to do good textbook advocacy, which is so important. I'm really appreciative of that. I just want to throw in a few comments from our listeners. Um, one who appreciated your response on your age, um, that was Peter, also um, that you mentioned the different perspectives and that um, one of our very loyal, awesome listeners, Mel, is loving the show. Um, as well as other things that I'll come to um, with Mel for, um, you know, sort of um, towards the end of the show. So the mm-hmm. thing is we've got this report coming out tomorrow and then hopefully that will push along the three states and territories you mentioned, Vic, Taz, ACT on reform and hopefully kick the other five, um, you know, kickstart them into getting a, getting into the first gear and second gear and so on. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that um, we we need to ask is what is it that endosex people can do, but will say to support these legislative reforms that are preventative. But obviously, right now they're not there. What else? Mm. Anything that endosex people can do, um, and um, you know, sort of um, will be that. And then we've just had another question in from our listener on a slightly different tack. Um, but I'll go with that one that I was just asking at the first. What can people do? Endosex people do to be allies to those of intersex experience. I um I have a very favorite quote about advocacy uh, which um uh, talks about how the advocate is not motivated by a need for power or money or fame but is in fact slightly uh, driven slightly mad by some injustice and I think um that's mm-hmm. yeah I I definitely feel like I'm slightly mad in terms of how welcome, uh, welcome to the club sorry <laughs> <laughs> in terms of how endosex allies can help the endosex community uh we really need we really, really, really need people to take the lead of intersex people. So uh, we need our voices boosted in this space. And it's because there is there is so much misinformation that is propagated and misunderstood um, and arguments that are made that, um, you know, degrade intersex people for the political point without actually bringing out issues into the space. 
So a classic example is um, the conflation of non-binary with um, intersex mm. people. It's this idea that because intersex people exist on a sex spectrum, that therefore gender has to exist on a spectrum. And if, if intersex people, then non-binary. And what that's actually resulted in is, um, you know, this argument that, yeah, well, intersex people are just like uh, statistically insignificant freaks of nature that can be fixed anyway. And that is a fundamentally destructive position. And at no point uh, in that conversation are people taking our rights into account. Mm. So the best thing you can do is ensure that intersex voices are boosted. So when we're talking about Noah's story, sharing Noah's story around uh, is important. I believe Noah's story is going to be covered on ABC News on the, on the Telebox <laughs> at 7 p.m. tonight. Um, and so when that segment comes out, boost that. We have uh, the Australian Human Rights Commission document coming out Uh like, honestly, it's just a really, really fancy version of the Darlington Statement that we released in 2017. Mm-hmm. And you can go to Darlington's, uh, darlington.org.au forward slash statement today. And if you think that you agree with the rights that uh, intersex people lay out in there, you can put your voice to that. You can affirm the Darlington Statement. And in doing so, uh, you give that document like political weight. And believe me, I would not have been able to do half the work I've done in the last eight years without having that as a guiding document and a tool um, with which to, you know, uh, so, uh, like under, understand that we are coming from this from a consensus, that we are coming at these issues with a common experience. So, um, yeah, uh, elevate intersex voices as much as possible and don't use us um, as as props in your other arguments into uh, like trans people exist on their own terms. Trans people exist because trans people exist. Non-binary people exist on their own terms. Non-binary people exist because non-binary people exist. You don't need intersex people to demonstrate this. Um, and when you do that, you're causing us very profound harm. Well, absolutely. I, and you know, the overwhelming harm is to intersex people of intersex experience because it, you know, doesn't represent you accurately. But I also can't see how that conflation really benefits non-binary people and probably does some harm as well um, to them. So no one's winning. And of course, you know, that saying that I believe is attributable to disability movements, nothing about us without us is so applicable really for everyone. Let everyone speak with their own voice. We've had some more messages in. One of our listeners has SMSed me. um, Marvellous. quote, aged out of the youth category. I'm so using that one in the future. Um, I know who the listener is and <laughs> like me, they're above 30. So yeah, I get that. And I think uh, I think there's something that, you know, some broad principles. I know totally, there's, as you just said, there's different, uh, each part of the rainbow or any group has its own issues. But one little common thread I'm finding now is for bi, trans and gender diverse and intersex is that middle cohort needs more support. And then, you know, there's um, I feel there's some parallels there on how, how, you know, what we might learn from each other on running discussion groups or whatever, just as a quick thought. Um, you know, I think gay and lesbian getting on the board and obviously still probably needing support, but um, just wanted to make that point. Um, the question we had that I alluded to was um, Peter's asked, um, um, you know, um, you know, can you ask Cody what um, Cody does for their self-care? And it's a great conversation. And I think that's really important that, you know, 
activism ain't easy at times. Um, speaking from experience, um, but you know what? What do you do to you know get away from? You, know, you said you got up and walked away from the the computer screen yesterday, but what else do you do? Um, when you can. It was that comment earlier about crying myself to sleep at night, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I like to walk to get out nervous ang- uh, energy. I like to uh, swim. Um, like music is a really good way that I uh, switch my brain off and I listen to anything and everything. I love it. Um, I'm really into hot baths at the moment. Um, yes. A little bit into whiskey. Um, and I think, yeah, my, my main vice, um, or my main, <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't describe self-care as a vice, but, um, what, what we were talking about earlier is the wrestling, because sometimes <laughs> you just want to see two big beefy oiled up dudes, you know, smack each other around a bit and just switch off a bit. Layeth the so, smacketh um, downeth oneth each big, other. Big on the AEW at the moment. But. Absolutely. Um, um, open your eyes and what do you see? <laughs> um, yes, we could go on. We've only we've only got four, um, about ten minutes left, and we could spend the whole ten minutes talking uh, about AEW, but um, that would be self indulgent. Yeah. Um, but yes, um, look, totally agree. There's nothing more soothing than um, you know, sort of. Um, you know, imagining that you're sort of throwing Lyle Shelton or um, Mark Latham <laughs> over the top rope. I always say that. It's very meditative, people. Please try it. Um, yeah. um, and all that sort of thing. And, um, of course, because um, we love all all genders and sexes on this show and their merits, um, you know, great to see um, women's wrestling moving along. Um, Dr. Britt Baker, MD, and um, Rhea Ripley. <sighs> oh, anyway, but we were... Degre- I learned about... Uh, I learned about um, a non-binary wrestler recently who oh. uh, uh, has does the does the sort of like a full body lucha thing, uh, and calls themselves a still life painting with apricots and pears. I think, oh. uh, it, I yeah, that. it's super rad, super rad. Um, I, I, there's a lot of really cool self expression in wrestling. It has to be said, but yeah, we we could lose the next hour talking about wrestling, and we probably should talk about other things. Well, that's right. Um, you know, sort of. Um, yes, we'd better get this um, interview back on track. We had our self indulgent two minutes, um, and um, yeah, look, um, you know, there's lots of things happening today. I just want to acknowledge a few in broad um, sort of strokes. The um, uh, Mel's come in. I was asked a couple of questions about a. I believe it's a TV show host in the UK who's been transphobic. Dave, somebody, um, is all I'm going to say for now. Um, yeah, I'll get to that next week. We're a bit. It's a packed program today, Mel. Um, <laughs> and um, also, um, yes, of course, down here in metropolitan Melbourne, huge celebrations as we're with now. We can start counting hours to some extent till release from lockdown. Um, so yes, oh, lovely. And I know you've, I think, come out of it only in the last few days up there in um, what is now called the Australian Capital Territory. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, lots going on and um, do want to um, sort of um, we'll have to look at those in the next week or so. Um, um, so, yeah, lots happening. Um, wow. Um, Shall we get in a little bit about Intersex Awareness Day? Well, yes, we should do that. That would round it out nicely. Thank you. Just um, a bit of HSP overload going on at my end here Um, in terms of neuroprocessing. Yeah, Intersex Awareness Day on the 26th and what perhaps, you know, anything you'd like to say, including perhaps what people can do to appropriately acknowledge the day as well. 
so Intersex Awareness Day is, you know, a great day to bring up intersex issues with the people around you, a great day to share uh, intersex resources. Uh, we have plenty on, uh, like, Intersex Human Rights Australia, uh, era.org.au. Um, you know, it, it's a really good day to uh, set up a fundraiser for intersex-led organisations. Uh, it's a great day to get intersex speakers on board. Um, all, all those sorts of acts of solidarity um, put uh, like put funding into uh, like a drastically underfunded sector. Uh, Era is only funded by uh, like foreign uh, philanthropy, yep. and is only able to hire three part-time workers. I'm one of them. Um, so we do a lot of work on a national scale, on a global scale. And a matter of fact, um, we, we lead, um, we, we are leaders in our space in a lot of very um, profound ways. And we do that on three part-time wages. So, uh, all that kind of stuff is very, very important. Um, I'll also plug that ERA has its, uh, has an event upcoming. You can mm. find details oh, on yes. the front page of ERA. Uh, it's going to be a panel with myself, uh, Bonnie Hart, Morgan Carpenter, and Simone Lisa Anderson. So this is a real just, like, if if I may say so, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is just an all-star tag team, like, straight up. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's, you, it's you the new not... NWO. I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> it's the best stable ever. Um... <laughs> you could not get uh, four, four, like, brighter, bolder, more passionate voices in this space, and I I don't entirely know what we're going to be talking about, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, this has just been me for an hour. So with the four of us, I'm sure it'll be four times more interesting. So <laughs> I, I, that's something you want to get on quickly, especially because um, positions for that are running out quickly. It will be recorded and available later, but um, that is the big marquee event, <laughs> the main event, <laughs> top of the card. <laughs> The, um, um, there's the going to be Punk plenty of other Roman events Reigns. as well, anyway. so keep an eye out for them. Yeah, um, will do. And yeah, I think from memory that um, event is on Intersex Awareness Day, which this year falls 26th of October, falling on a Tuesday at 6pm Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So that's the, um, you know, so which, um, check your local guides for time zones and all those sorts of kinds of things um, as you do. Um, but it is really important. And then, of course, just a bit further down the track as well as Intersex Awareness Day, um, you have Intersex Remembrance Day. Now, if I can get it right, 8th of November. I went off the top of the head. Yeah. Yep. So it's really that period where Intersex can get the visibility, recognition, mm-hmm. affirmation, support it deserves. And, yes, um, I'm all for, in my best Teddy Long voice, an eight-person tag team match player. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, sort to, of... Um... To any intersex people listening, I do believe you are allowed to take that week between Intersex Awareness Day and Intersex Day of Solidarity off as um, a religious holiday. So that's that's one to keep in the back pocket. Sounds fair to me. Yeah, um, you know, look, um, and there are lo- there should be local queer holidays day after Midsummer Carnival down here in Melbourne when that happens. If we get back to that and all the rest of it, um, days after Pride March, um, you know, all fair enough. Um, I'm 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 all for that. Um, when you know, um, we should get more um, rainbow supportive people in Parliament, and we'll fix it. Seriously, um, really, really important to acknowledge that. And yes, um, book book now, um, book fast, and all that sort of thing. Um, we're fast running out of time on the show, and um, I'll need um, a few minutes. That to... really flew. 
Um, there's always, well, as you said, there's so much to talk about, but it is really, really welcome to finally see at least some movement at the station. Um, and at this on this station, um, coming up at um, one o'clock will be Freedom of Species. They'll be having a replay of their show about action, animal activism and the animal liberation front. And also there'll be um, um, Nick, who hosts Freedom of Species, will be um, staying on to do, um, you'll hear his voice for rotations at two and then queering the air at three. Um, so, Cody, look, um, you know, just any final thoughts as we get into the last few minutes, two or three minutes um, before we wrap it up? I know that we've had lots, but let's see if we can <laughs> give a take-home message. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I always like the sign-off with just, like, read and affirm the Darlington Statement. Like, if, you, if you're going to start with the absolute basics, that's as basic as it, it, it gets, and it has a really um, really good impact. Um, so um, I will often have a joke, um, just sort of like, first time you mention a Darlington Statement, take a drink, but we already have. Um, mm. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Um, that that's that's as good a starting point as any um, any other. Yeah, it can hurt to be down Darlington tonight at first. Um, with apologies to Paul Kelly. Um, anyway, um, look, it is really really um, awesome that you're on the show. I'm you know again fully affirming all the experiences you've had. But you know, one one hopes um, you know that. Um, we can get to a point where, you know, the unwanted surgeries will stop just, you know, slowly, time over time, bit over, bit over time. But really, again, want to acknowledge your tenacity and determination. It's not easy doing it when it affects you so personally. And, you know, obviously, you know, unwanted surgeries have affected so many people of intersex experience over time. So, you know, keep keep plugging um, endosex allies. Please get behind people of intersex experience to make sure that this can happen as quickly and as effectively as needed so lives can be better. I'll get you to hang on to the Zoom, Cody, while I just um, close down the show. Um, and um, mm-hmm. we'll um, you know, just sort of um, wrap it up from there. Um, so hang on one, just um, I'll just sort of um, go from there. Um, so um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks to all our listeners, um, Mel, um, our SMSing listener and um, um, also one of our listeners has put in self-care tips, take a break, meditate for one minute, eat a, t- eat a tasty snack and believe in your awesomeness. They're good tips. There's lots of good ones out there. Um, and um, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in to Out of the Pan today. Um, well, um, so um, not really, uh, haven't nothing planned for next week. This show, this show is organised, uh, not really. Um, anyway, um, take it out today with uh, a track from Midnight Oil because we can. And I've been tracking down stuff that I never bought, even if there weren't any new songs. Who cares? Finally got around to buying Armistice Day um, live at the Domain in Sydney 2017 from the Great Circle Tour when Midnight Oil reformed. And here's what one that's always my favourite originally from the Place Without a Postcard album back in about 1981. Here's their live version. And you can also get the video as well. I won't do Peter Garrett dancing around this studio. It's too small. And um, a track called Don't Want to Be the One. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.
Sun victimized just like Huey and up in home units with the brick wall view. I can't believe the perfect families of my color TV. If I don't make it to the top, it'll never bother me. And I don't wanna be the one. 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 And discovered on a well-trodden path I'm walking out the back While the copper is attacked The source of senses With relentless passion and delight I've got all the options And we're running for my life I don't want to be the one 